Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You are Locked On Packers, your daily podcast on the Green Bay Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are Locked On Packers. Hello, this is Bill Huber, the publisher of PackerReport.com, part of the Scout.com Network, which brings you some of the best NFL and college football coverage that you will find anywhere. And we're talking to you on Sunday following the Green Bay Packers 33-32 loss to the Atlanta Falcons. And joining me as always is my Packer Report colleague, Keith Rorink. That was a hell of a game, Keith. I don't... I know we were just talking a minute ago. I, I, I figured they would lose and, and lose comfortably, and that was before all the inactives came out. So I, I hate to go with the moral victories card, but there's something to build here, isn't there? I, I think there is, Bill. And I mean, if, if there's a way to, to feel really good about a loss, I, I think this is it. And, and we talked about this even last week, that it was possible for them to lose to Atlanta and still make some progress as a team that, have you feeling pretty good about their interview prospects? I, I feel like this was it again. I, I think I had them losing thirty-one to twenty-three or, or something along those lines, and I didn't think it'd be close. I thought Julio Jones would have a field day, and and again, that was before the inactives came out. What I mean, you could start an all-star, well, not an all-star team, but you could start a hell of a good football team with. Let's see, you got Sam Shields and Eddie Lacy on IR. And then today you have, um, I'll, I'll probably miss someone. You got Randall Cobb, James Starks, Ty Montgomery, Jared Cook, Clay Matthews. Um, God, I, I did, I forgot two guys. That's sad. I mean, there's a, there's a few problems. Oh, yeah, yeah, Demarius Randall and Quentin Rounds, you know, the guys who need to play pass defense. <laughs> who needs those guys? No, irrelevant. You got Dimitri Goodson. Yeah, you know, normally the. Uh... used the word proud eight times. I transcribed his uh, post-game press conference. It was about five minutes and ten seconds. Proud eight times out of like 750 words. So he was he was proud of the performance is what I gathered out of that. And again, you hate to go with the moral victories thing, but you're right. And you hate to say that Eddie Lacy being hurt is a good thing, but I think it is. I mean, not over the long run. I mean, they're a better team with Lacey. I'm not saying otherwise, but 
it's forced them to find something in offense that works. It, it really has. And, you know, you, you go back and look at, there's, there's different times over the years that a, a team or a player has, I think, gotten better when he's been forced to do something different. You know, I was having a conversation with somebody during the week, and, you know, we were on the subject of Brett Favre, but I said, Sterling Sharp getting hurt was the best thing that could have ever happened in Brett Favre because he had to start spreading the ball around. He had to start doing all these different things and, and really grow as a player. And that conversation kind of spun to 2010 and Super Bowl 45, where that summer the entire offense was going through Jermichael Finley. He got hurt. You really thought this team was sunk. Instead, Aaron Rodgers has to discover all these other targets, and he grew as a player. So if you can, you can kind of... You know, if these dots are aligned enough for anybody that's not me to, to start connecting them, I think you can look at this year and say, with Lacey out, and even with Nelson coming along as slowly as he has been, and certainly he had a, he had a great game, and he, he came into this high for the team lead with five touchdowns, but you started to see, again, out of necessity, and maybe almost like the playoff game at Arizona last year, Rodgers had to start going to different people. I mean, Toronto, look at the guys that got touchdowns today. Bill Geronimo Allen, <laughs> Trevor Davis, Jeff Janis, in a Jeff Janis signing. I mean, are, are you, and then, of course, Nelson. But, I mean, who, who would have thought that? If you would have told me coming in Rodgers was going to have four touchdowns, I might not have been shocked. If you would have told me none of them were going to Adams and only one was going to Nelson and, and told me those guys were getting the other three, I, I think I would have put money against that. You those guys in your fantasy football team, right? <laughs> I have Adams on my fantasy football team, so uh, um, he he might have done just enough to get the victory for me. I'm uh, I'm I'm still crossing my fingers for the Eagles defense tonight. It's amazing. Adams twelve catches for seventy four yards. Riders completes twenty out of thirty eight, just two forty six. It's uh, it really has turned into a dink and dunk offense. But again, I think this is good where. So much of last year was buying time and looking for big plays that weren't going to happen. And the start of this year, too, where, you know, he danced out of, you know, he's always dancing on the pocket trying to make the big play. Again, I, we talked about this last week, maybe even the week before. I think all this other stuff has made him, you know, it's okay to throw the ball two yards down the field and, and trust that your guys are going to make something happen. So, again, it's. Yeah, you want to make some plays on the field, but I just think this is good for him in the long run because he was in such a funk that, but this is, again, I think it's another good sign going forward. This is the route this offense has gone. I think so. And, and you know, nobody's nobody's going to get too excited or, or fall in love with, you know, six and a half or, or even eight yards of pass. But when you look at Rodgers and when you look at the offense and you say they're not in rhythm, well, what gets them in rhythm? Completing a lot of passes, quick drops, quick throws, some kind of rhythm. It may not be, you know, 20 yards downfield, that kind of rhythm, but, I mean, it's this it's this quick-tempo thing that is getting the offense back on track, and when you're using the short passing game in place of a run game, you know, really, which kind of harkens back to that West Coast offense, and McCarthy talked about that last week in his, in his post-game press conference, when you're using that in lieu of a running game, which... And clearly, they need something in lieu of a running game because, you know, God bless uh, John Jackson and, and Niall Davis, but nothing was really happening on the ground today. So if you can use that short pass as 
de facto run, and as long as you're not getting too many holding calls to, to really kind of goof that up, I mean, have at it. Because to me, this looked like the most rhythm and tempo I've seen out of this offense. This reminds me of the, uh, the early home years, doesn't it? Where he didn't have great receivers. Maybe especially if the sharp went down, he was out of the equation. But it was throw the ball to Edgar Bennett and it was just dink and dunk your way. And, and, it, and it worked back then, too. You, you would know better than I. I mean, you were, you were with the team back then. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, but you're, you're exactly right. That's what it was. And, and those were the type of little things. You know, it was, it was the quick outs and the slants. And the, I mean, my gosh, those Holmgren teams, they threw screens all the time. It was a staple of their offense. So that, that can get them back on track, and I think it is. And, you know, you mentioned Devontae Adams with 12 catches. As I'm watching him and realizing he's got 12 catches with really enough time left that you're thinking, okay, last week he had 13 for 132, tied Don Hudson for second all time. And, and Bill, we talked about this last week, and I, I wrote this in last week's game story. I was talking to Adams after the game. He didn't know anything about Don Hudson, really, other than the, the name on the uh, practice facility across the street. He knew it was impressive, though, that he had 13 catches and the last time anybody did it was 1945. When I told him that Don Hudson also had the record of 14 and that he did it a month after he had 13 in the same year, his eyes got wide and he looked at me and he was like, oh, it's like, that, that's cool. And so I'm watching this and I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, at any point is it dawning on him like, I just had 13 catches last week for second place all time in Packer history. I might have the record today. Like, it, it was crazy to see that. And again, the yards weren't there, but I, 25 catches in two weeks is it's just ridiculous. I went to Pro Football Reference to figure that out. They have uh, um, game logs going back to 1950. So this misses Don Hudson. But the previous Packers record going back to 1950 for catches in a two game span Sterling Sharp with 20, then Ty Montgomery with 20 from the previous two weeks. So, I mean, he. This shows you the un, unprecedented uh, spot that he put himself on. With, with 20, I mean, that 25 catches just obliterates that. Again, it's by necessity. And, I mean, do you want Devontae Adams lining up as a running back? No, but it's, I mean, they, that they manufacture offense. I mean, I mean, other than Trevor Davis, I mean, this had to be the slowest receiving core on earth. <laughs> I mean, Devontae Adams isn't a, isn't a fast guy. No. Nelson, at this point in his comeback's not fast. Geronimo Allison's not fast. I mean, Janice and Davis are, but not a whole lot of playmakers out there. And to cobble together 32 points out of that was uh, really amazing. Oh, I think so. And, and you look at the way they did it, too. I mean, it's, when they had Adams in the backfield, they threw that screen to him. And, and again, the place Janice was running. And, and, I mean, and for Davis to get that touchdown, too, what a, what a great play by that rookie. Just a few plays after he gets the 55-yard punt return, he comes in, finds that spot on the on the right side of the end zone, keeps both toes in, and just and just falls out. What a what a great play! And we saw it. You know, it's one thing to see a veteran guy like uh, Jordy Nelson kind of find that soft spot in the zone. To see young guys start making plays like that again, that's when you put these guys in a spot where they have to make a play. It's it's amazing and and kind of fun to see these young guys who haven't done it before step up and show that, yeah, they can be counted on, and, and really there's no other option. All that said, they did lose, and once again, when, when the game was on the line, and, I, and I'm not going to 
make a big deal out of this. I mean, there, there are stats for Aaron Rodgers' fourth quarter comeback record is just putrid. And again, again, you were talking a half a minute, and that's a long shot. But they again, if these guys aren't winning in the fourth quarter, they're up, they're up a creek. And you know, if Rodgers can hit Nelson and that play to midfield, I mean, they got a fighting chance. But they they misfire there and they end up burning in a timeout and they just kind of go down go down with, without a whimper. Um, I guess how big of a concern is that to you? Where they do all these good things, but it's just not good enough. Well, I mean. <laughs> I don't want to say proud a, a ninth time after uh, after Rogers said it eight, but yeah, it, at some point you can. I guess if you if you want to be glass half full, and, and again, the you know you got to look at the scoreboard, and you know the coaches and players talk all the time. You know, it doesn't matter. Stats don't matter, and personal accolades don't matter, and it doesn't matter if you win by you know fifty or if you win by one. A W is a W. Well, and an L is an L. So. You can look at that last series and say those were three of the worst passes that he threw the whole game. I mean, again, you know, overshooting guys, throwing behind guys, and then the, the fourth and three place, it, it wasn't even a, you know, it wasn't even one of those 50 50 balls. I mean, there was, you know, Adams never had a shot at it. Yeah, for the game, um, for the fans who didn't listen to his comments or read them elsewhere, Rogers said that, that he thought. Adams was going to come back for the ball, and Adams thought he had his guy beat and was going to go down the field and try to make a play. So they were they were on the same page. So, you know, you know what happens since I can't use the the other four word, the four letter word there, but it's just a an ongoing thing, and it's really the one blemish on it's and it's not again it's not a Rogers stat per se. It's, it's a one blemish on the Rogers McCarthy era where. If they're if they're winning going in the fourth quarter, they're generally going to win. If and if they're losing, they're generally going to lose. Um, again, I hate to make too much out of it on a, on a day when you don't have Cobb and Montgomery, and you probably feel fortunate to be in that position. But you're right; it was probably he threw ten incompletions all day and three in a, three in the last series. It's a uh, it's a yeah. nagging problem. If you got to fix it, if they're going to if they're going to get this thing turned around, and then make some noise because as we all know, it is held on for a reason. And playoff berths are all well and good, but you got to you got to make some noise when it counts. Yeah, and I mean, you know, I, I guess in, in fairness to him, that's a, I mean, things are things are pretty tight with 31 seconds. Yes. I don't know, though. I mean, you, you've played the whole game, you know, with, without the guys that are in the line. You've played the whole game with guys like Allison and Davis and, and Janice supplementing Adams and Nelson and... You know, you haven't had the running game, so I don't know. Do we come back and, and make an excuse for that at the end of the game when really they just need three yards? Good point. I I don't know. I mean, I I mean, if you if you only looked at those, if you looked at just that last series and said, and here's a here's how it went for Aaron Rodgers on Sunday, you'd look at it and be like, ah, oh, he must have had a horrible game. And really, that last series wasn't indicative of anything else he had done prior to that. But unfortunately, again. When he needed to make a play, it didn't happen. And you can, you know, I've, I've had plenty of conversations with people about his fourth quarter comebacks and, you know, gotten the whole spiel about, you know, it's not him, it was the defense, this situation and that situation. But at some point, all the situations for all the quarterbacks and all the comebacks kind of even themselves out, and, and it is what it is. And then... Again, as you said, the, the fourth quarter comeback numbers are, are not good. So you want to feel really good about what they did shorthanded, but they come so close. It, it, 
disappointing. And again, I think it's I think it's something they can build on. I think it's something that can that can carry them and in the games that some of these young guys made, I think can really start paying dividends down the line. But it's it's tough. It's one that you know, again, I think if they could could Crosby have hit fifty eight or maybe even sixty in the dome, I mean you you'd kinda of like to think so. You you would have liked to have at least seen him have that opportunity and, and again that with those last three passes it it didn't happen. Um what what about the defense? Um as great as the offense was shorthanded, the defense wasn't. But, but I mean, what the hell do you make out of that? I mean, if you're out without your top three corners and your and your best all around player, I mean, I guess I guess what do you expect against the number one offense in the NFL, right? I, I don't. That's that's my take on. I guess throw it out the window, I suppose. You know, I mean, I, I mean, a couple plays here and there, but again, isn't isn't that what it always is? But they held the running game in check. There was the, you know, there was that run by Freeman where it looked like Martinez had the backfield. You know, they had a couple of plays like that. Obviously, uh, Dimitri Goodson was, you know, trailed his trailed his guy. It was a uh, Gabriel that caught the pass at the thirty, and and Goodson was trailing him the whole way to the end zone. So that was that was that long pass play. I mean, those were those were the two that stick out. I think they didn't get a lot of pressure on Ryan, but then they had the back to back sacks, and I I I felt watching it that Pepper stepped up and. And had a good game. Had kind of a you know peppers of of a couple of years ago sort of day. And but again, it, it wasn't quite enough. Yeah, that last that last drive. I mean, they never got close to stopping them. I mean, the, the Falcons had a third and two and a third and one. I mean, that was it. I mean, they it was they never got close to getting off the field. It would I, again. I don't I don't know what you make out of it when you got guys playing defense who shouldn't be either a. Are they on the roster to play special teams, or be depth, or be wouldn't be on the team at all without the injuries? I don't know what to make out of it, other than that was horrible. Well, and, and it was a it was a weird, you know, that we we just got done talking about Aaron Rodgers' inability to kind of bring him home right at the end. There, it really was the opposite. And and you and I have joked many times about the the Maddie Ice nickname. Yes, we had Maddie Slush. I called him. <laughs> You know, two quarterbacks at the end of the game when it really counted, one of them was, you know, moving his offense down the field like he had maybe the whole game, and the other quarterback who had been moving his offense down the field was, you know, suddenly putting the ball in, in places where his receivers weren't. So, I don't know. I mean, you know, you could argue the end of the game was the best that Matt Ryan had looked you know that that final that final two minutes was better than he had looked in the previous fifty eight. Good point. Um, so, what do you think, big picture? I mean, this is probably a good time as any to do this because I don't know how much it's worth looking into this game just because of the awful injury situation. But big picture, I mean, you got to at least feel better than you did after the the Cowboys game, I'm sure. But do you, does this, do you think this has a team has a chance to? I, everyone always couldn't point to two thousand ten for obvious reasons, but I, I hate to go that far, but. Do you feel like this team has a real shot to be a contender? Uh, I mean, are we talking NFC North contender or Super Bowl contender? Um, a chance that when the playoffs start on January, whatever they start, you know, you'll say, you know what? They have a good shot as anyone. Oh, this is, uh, I don't, I don't know, Bill. I don't know. I, this doesn't feel like, this doesn't feel like 2010 to me, but that said, was it, was it my 
Miami and Washington that they lost back-to-back in overtime. Right, so they were 3-3 three and three at that point, in, right. In, that, in October, in October. And if you had told me that year they were going to win the Super Bowl, I would have told you that you were you were a, a drunk or, or, you know, needed needed to be committed. Because there, <laughs> there was nothing about that team that, that seemed like it was going to the Super Bowl. So do I th- feel better about this team at, at this point in the season than I did in 2010? Well, sure, I guess, because I, I look at these injuries and I almost... In a weird way, I almost feel better about this team in a one-point loss than I did beating a, a really horrible Bears team with a third-string quarterback by 16 and 0. That's a good point. I don't know. I mean, sure, why not? I mean, you know, I, if the Packers were full strength, I look around the NFC, and I mean, who, who really scares me? I mean, Seattle just lost to the Saints, so I guess... Both of those teams are, you know, certainly the Saints can put up points. And, you know, I'm, I'm surprised that Seattle's defense wasn't able to, to hold them down a little more. The, the Packers lost to Dallas, so that's certainly a team to be reckoned with. They lost to Minnesota, so, you know, I don't, I don't think anybody should be talking too much smack about the Vikings, regardless of what happened to them at Philadelphia, because they beat Green Bay. So... Until the Vikings start losing more or the Packers beat them, you know, there's there's not much to say about the Vikings. But I don't know. I guess I guess sure. If we're if we're projecting out and we're extrapolating and we're we're predicting improvement for guys like Janice and guys like Davis and Montgomery's gonna come back healthy and continue to get better and Nelson is gonna at least start showing us shades of of Jordy of, of two years ago and, and Cobb comes back and they don't really have any semblance of a running game. So assuming that, you know, Starks and or Lacey coming back and or Davis or Jackson getting better, assuming their running game is better a month from now when it is now, than it is now, which really isn't saying much at all. I mean, sure. Why, why can't this team be a contender? I'm with you. Yeah, I'm looking at the NFC standings now. Um, Dallas five and one. We obviously we know about them. I just I can't buy the Vikings with that old line and no running game. I mean, I know their defense is great, but I, just, I mean, there's no reason to why the Packers can't beat them. Seattle third place in the NFC again. They they have no line whatsoever. Atlanta. I mean, we know we we, we saw Atlanta today. I mean, big deal. I'm sorry, what's that, Keith? Oh, I said Seattle and Minnesota are similar in that way. Yeah. Great quarterback can't run the yeah yeah but great defenses and but so they're so flawed so if they can just get some if they can just survive this and and that's the big thing is it can they survive this you got the Colts coming to town next week you know Indy's three and five I mean they're they're mediocre but with that quarterback and against Green Bay secondary you know you don't want to write them off and then it's guy forget the order but it's, it's Redskins yeah. Eagles. Yeah. At Tennessee, yes. At, at the Redskins, at the Eagles, and then at home against the Texans on the fourth. At home against the Seahawks. At Chicago, Minnesota at home, and then at the Lions on New Year's Day. So yeah, Indy's mediocre. Tennessee is four and four. Washington's kind of caught fire here and there. They're uh, four and three, and, and the Eagles are four and four and two. Though that's this is a. A really hard schedule, and I assume they'll be healthier. And you know, I hate to say this, but because Mike McCarthy to call this a, a polluted mindset, but 
you just wonder if you looked at the guys, if you looked at a secondary, and you know what, they're, they're up a creek in the secondary. You know what? To heck with it. We'll, we'll do our best with what we got, but we're just going to, we're not going to play anybody today. I just wonder, and he would never admit to it, but part of me wonders that, you know what? Our secondary's beat to hell. Screw it. We're just going to play healthy guys and guys who are questionable and on the fence. We're not going to play them. And we're going to take a big picture view. I, I, I wonder if it's deep down, if that was his reasoning for, for the inactives list. We'll never, we'll never know, but I, I, was, I was thinking that when I studied inactives list, act, inactives list on Sunday. Definitely not. Um, you know, McCarthy comes under a lot of fire over play calling and this and that. I want to say one thing in his support. You know, and I was ready to fire guy, fire the guy a couple weeks ago. Um, but they play for him. If there's ever a game where you say to heck with it and you, and you and you roll over, this is it. But they continually play for the guy, and, and that is the. You see that around the league, where, you know, where teams quit on their coach at, at some point and. To his credit, you know the, the players continually play for the guy, and I, I think I think that's impressive. And when McCarthy always comes under fire when they lose, I'm going to just point it out in, in in his support there. I think so too. I mean, I and again, maybe part of that is is getting these young guys worked into the mix. These young guys that they don't know any better, and they're not you know they're excited for the opportunity, and they just want to come in and make some plays and. Maybe that kind of energy is is helping Rogers too. Again, you know, chemistry is a you know a funny thing in the sports world. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you don't know, you can't manufacture it, and you can't really predict it. But when it's there, you can't miss it. And when it's when it's gone, you're you're you know looking everywhere to get it back. But for whatever reason, again, this this offense is. You know, the last couple of weeks doing doing things that we never thought we would see them do on offense, they're clicking in a way that they had, you know, in, in probably a year and a half. Looks like they're having fun, doesn't it? And it, yeah, seemed, and it, seemed, it seemed like that was missing for, for it, was, it was like, you know, Rook Canal half the time it seemed like for these guys. I, I think it's a good thing, too. I think you could feel that you could feel the tension. I mean, I felt like, you know, sitting, sitting in the press box, you know, watching those games or, you know, or whether you're, you're sitting in your living room, you could just, in some of those losses and just with some of those drives, I mean, just the, the icy stares from, from Rodgers to the receivers and the receiver getting up and the ball's not near them. And, you know, they, you know, I, I, I think we know that no matter who is at fault on a, on an errant pass, it's always going to come off like the receiver's at fault. And it, it just, I think that starts creating some tension after a while. But it, again, maybe this, 
the stinking dunk passing game isn't all bad because they're completing passes. I, I really, I really like this team. I, I think they got a chance. Ultimately, I don't know if the secondary is ever going to be good enough. I know even even if Randall and Rollins come back, I mean, do we know about those enough about those guys and to actually believe that there are, you know, a, a guys that could come back from injury and be a playoff caliber, championship caliber tandem like you know the Broncos guys? I I don't I don't know about that, but um, they, they, they showed me something today, and they showed me something last week too, where they've kind of reinvented themselves on the fly here and. They're having fun again, and and they're finding contributions from guys who you didn't think would come through. And I don't know I, I I like this group. I, I don't know if they got a chance to do anything special, but you know, like you said in 2010, we we didn't think that either. So we'll we'll see. There's a, there's at least a glimmer of hope here. I think compared to a, a few weeks ago, after the Dallas game, I thought, oh dear God, these guys are they'll be lucky to go eight and eight. Oh yeah, yeah, and. And again, when you talk about guys contributing too, I mean, it's not—it's not just the guys we've talked about. I mean, you know, Kentrell Bryce is a guy that you know I don't—I don't think we've gone out of our way to talk about him too much, but he's made some of the biggest hits that I've seen this year, and maybe that I've seen in a couple of years. In his play, where he came up and hit—I don't know if it, I can't recall if it was Freeman or Ward—but they were coming down with a head of steam down the sideline, and he came up from the back of the end zone and just stopped him in their tracks on a half-yard line. I mean, that kid hits like a ton of bricks. I think he could be a special player for them, but it's little things like that that can, that can spark a team. He's done that every week, hasn't he? I mean, I, he's got, he, I mean, he only plays 10, 15 snaps a game, but every week he just clobbers someone. He's a, he's, he's a hell of a player. And the, for an undrafted free agent, what a steal that is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, and it's... In today's NFL, it's hard to consistently lay a clean, hard hit on a guy. And he's done it a handful of times this year. I mean, he's, he's really been an, an impressive kid. And, and again, it, another uh, undrafted, uh, undrafted guy, you know, a, a feather in that Ted Thompson's cap there for, you know, finding that needle in the haystack. Speaking of undrafted guys, have you ever in your life seen a worse pass interference call than one on Gunter against Julio Jones? Was that the first quarter or second quarter or whatever it was? Where Julio Jones tackled him to prevent an interception and Gunter got flagged. That was unbelievable. Yes. yes. Although, <laughs> although Gunter, I, it, it seemed to even out later when yes. Gunter pulled the, pulled the back of his jersey and, and got nothing. That? You're right. That was that was a ridiculous call. Gunter's a guy too. You know, talk about somebody who's just savvy and instinctive, and he has to be because he's not fast. But this is just—he's a big, physical kid, and I think he gets. I think the more he plays, the better he's got. And and I know fans were just hating on him yep. through that Dallas game. But I think what we—you take that Dallas game out of the mix, and I think. Who we see in those other games is who he is, and that's it. he's going to be a good player for him. I mean, you know, we don't need to kid ourselves. He wouldn't be starting if you know Shields and Randall and Rollins were healthy. But this is a this is a good kid, and he's big, and he's physical, and he's instinctive, and it's good to have guys like that on the roster. And you know, put in a very tough spot. I think for the most part, he's responded. I know Jones was hurt for for you know. 40 minutes or whatever it was of that game, but he doesn't seem, fa- I mean, talking about Gunter, nothing bothers the guy. I mean, he's going up against 
you know, I always thought Calvin Johnson was the best receiver since Jerry Rice. I mean, Jones might be better than Calvin Johnson. And he's just not phased at all. I mean, there are guys who would melt down at the very thought of, hey, you get this guy one-on-one. Good luck, buddy. Nothing phased the guy. He is one mentally tough, un, unintimidated. That's not even a word, but he can't be intimidated, I guess. I, I, I really like that in him. Oh, I, I agree. And, you know, they talk about, you know, corners having a short memory. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know if it's having a short memory or, or just being oblivious to it. But Yeah, good word. You're right. He, he doesn't really seem to care who lines up opposite him. I mean, he's going to go out and, and play his game. And I think that's a those are easy words for a, for a defensive back to say, but it's hard for a guy to do, and, and you're right. I mean, this kid, he could have easily just melted down or it could have been too big for him. I mean, again, 830 yards coming into this game. I mean, I, you know, count me among those who thought Julio Jones was going to go off for about 250. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no doubt about that. Unfortunately, they couldn't stop Mohamed Sanu, but... You know what? Let, let's see if there's a rematch between these guys. Let's get Randall and, and Rollins out there and no more Dimitri Goodson. And Give me your best shot. I, You know what? If these guys can just get into the playoffs, I don't think anyone in the world is going to want to play them. I think so, yeah. They're going to be they're going to be one of those quirky, dangerous teams that people are they're going to be worried that if they get hot, they're going to be really hard to stop. All right, Keith. Packers Colts next week. You'll be there. I'll be there. You'll be in the stands with your with your kids, right? I'm taking my son to his first Packer game, and uh, it, the first the first game I ever went to with my dad was against the Colts at County Stadium. So uh, this will be a, a little nostalgia. I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. I'll be be watching from uh, section 102. No one will be giving me free food or drinks or snap seats or quotes. But uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll talk after next week's game. I'll give you the. Uh, I give you the take from the stand. Who are the quarterbacks for that one? Because they can't, it can't be good. They can't be as good as Rodgers versus Luck. How about how about in that game for you? Who are the quarterbacks? It was uh, gosh, it had to it had to be. I think it was Barb. I think it was Barb. You know, it, it, it's funny. I had I had covered I had covered games with the team before I ever sat in the stands. Uh, at least with my dad, I'd gone to one game in high school, so. I'm trying to think. It was five, and who would it have been before before Manning? It wasn't. Gosh, I don't think it was Jim Harbaugh. That's a good one, Bill. I'm gonna have to check on that and get back to you. <laughs> glad, glad to give you some late night research. I, I know. <laughs> I, I thought I was gonna watch the end of the World Series, but I'm gonna have to look that up. <laughs> All right, Keith. We appreciate it, and uh, we'll uh, we'll talk. Even though Keith will be in the stands, and he he might be plaster drunk. Nah, not with his kids. But Keith will be back in, in one form or fashion after next, week, after next week's game for the podcast. Thanks, Keith. Have a good week. Good, Bill. Talk to you later. All Bye. And thank you, as always, for listening. Be sure to check out the rest of the great Locked On Podcast Network, which includes Locked On NFL and Locked On Fantasy, and to subscribe to this podcast via iTunes and Android app. Thank you for listening. Have a great day, and I will talk to you tomorrow.
Is Democracy in Danger or Decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst.